Abba Yahweh, it's through your guidance and your truth, your knowledge and wisdom, Father God, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that this, this platform is used for sharing your word, Father God, and not allowing a platform for my personal views. As long as I share in righteousness and your truth, Father God, that you allow it to happen, to take place, to share your truth and knowledge and wisdom, Father, for the guidance of my brothers and sisters, for their edification. And Father God, thank you for the opportunity, the blessings to me that you provide for blessing the others with your truth, Father God. Thank you for that. And brothers and sisters, Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua Aman, Baraklitos, Aman. Abba Yahweh, Father, maker of all things made, Aman, that he is praiseworthy. And brothers and sisters, we have to remember that in many aspects of what we do to the church, and, and I've spoken with, about tithes and offerings and that we have to remember not to allow things to become ritualistic. This is one of the things that Jesus detested about religion. And yes, Jesus Christ did not like religion because it becomes a ritual, that God becomes ritualistic and that the observance of God's way becomes a ritual and that God is placed in little containers and he's taken out in ritualistic opportunities and that when Jesus came to sacrifice that we worship God in spirit as he shared with the woman at the well, the Samaritan, the Samarian woman. He told her that God is spirit and that we worship God in spirit and truth. That whatever we do is upright and not as a ritual. And that we have, mammon has taken and things that we do as, as meant to be an honor to God that we become ritualistic in this. <clears throat> and many people, when they tithe and give their offerings, they, it becomes ritualistic and it becomes a bill paying that we make it as, as if it was a bill to be paid. Brothers and sisters, we cannot pay back anything that God offers, and God offers everything freely to us. And that what we give back to God must be done in righteousness, uprightness, and in truth. And nothing we can do can ever repay what God gives to us. That he pours out from his treasury. We can't repay any of that. We can't repay what Jesus Christ did when he came and sacrificed himself for us. We cannot repay that. And we have to remember that what God desires most from us is not this ritualistic attitude and what we do even when we give him uh, the, our money, our tithing, our offering, work, whatever we do, we give up our time that it becomes ritualistic. But what God desires most from us, brothers and sisters, is our heart, the character of our hearts. We can follow along mechanically. We can do 
almost robotically. But brothers and sisters, he wants our heart. And sometimes we become, it becomes so habit forming that we do this um, more habitually than character, characteristically. And there's a difference, brothers and sisters. He wants it to be done with our heart, from our heart. And that we have to remember that we focus on him because he gave these things to us. And it all belongs to God anyway. So what we're giving back to him is a portion of what he has allowed us to have and use. But we have to do it with the righteous character of our heart. And that we focus on him and remember that the the joy that we have and that we should have in all things, even in the midst of this dark things that are going on in the world around us, brothers and sisters, it is dark. You got to take off the rose-tinted glasses and see the truth. But even in the midst of that, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always and have a character of heart and joy and thanksgiving. And that will allow us to be empowered by what he gives to us. Brothers and sisters, don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. And don't be upset by what is going on when the children are getting ready to cross the Jordan and go into the promised land. And he told them to look back. Look back in remembrance that God is with us always. And when you look back, look back at what he has done. Look back at how he's been with you. Look back how he's been with us through things. Don't look back and regret and remorse and the things that we should have done, could have done, and would have done. But look back and remembering that through the darkness and the times that were difficult, he was there. He is there. He promises. Don't just stand on the promises of God. Hold on to the promises of God. And we can stand boldly and upright when we come before him in thanksgiving and worship. And worship just isn't in the song that so many churches call it the worship service when they sing. But brothers and sisters, gathering as we are called to be a gathering people, that is worship. When we thank God through the course of the day and we offer up our, our prayers continually through the course of the day and we focus on him, that is worshiping him. That is worship, brothers and sisters. Be focused on his presence. And when we do that, we are honoring God, we are worshiping God, and we are thankful to God. And go before him with boldness, standing on his promises, not in arrogance, saying, hey, God, what about this? You said this. You can't be that way, brothers and sisters. We can come before God humbly and boldly, can be done at the same time, holding on to the promises and saying, God, these are your promises that you offered to us. And I'm holding on to these that you told me. You can be that bold to God, but not be arrogant about God. Brothers and sisters, just reminding God, and he doesn't mind that. That is telling God and showing God. He knows whether you are or not in his word, but you're reminding him and showing him and saying, God, you're confessing to him. I am in your word, Father. You promised in your word, and I'm holding on to these promises. I'm not just standing on your promises, Father. I'm holding on to your promises. I'm holding them because you gave them to me. They're holy. They are from you. They're your truth. 
I want that. Brothers and sisters, in Deuteronomy 6, 5, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And Jesus Christ reminded as he was telling that the scribe that came and was trying to entrap him and said, oh, what's the greatest commandment? Well, what did Jesus respond? The greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Have that in your mind and focus on him. And we have to remember in Colossians 3 and 23, it reminds us that whatever we do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord and not to men. Brothers and sisters, I was falling into this entrapment at my job because coworkers, they don't do things that they're supposed to do. And I was finding myself complaining about, but you know what? I have to go beyond that. I have to go by example. What is the example? The example is that I am here because God has me here. He brought me for a reason. And whatever that reason is, it's his design and his purpose and his will. And I have to do it unto him and just correct what wasn't done. Don't complain about it because complaining is a slippery slope. And the Bible tells us that complaining is a slippery slope. And when we start to complain about some little things, you slide a little farther down. Then you find something else to complain about and something else to complain about and something else to complain about. And by the time you get down to the bottom, you're wallowing in the mire and complaining about everything and anything. And then it's not about focusing on God. It's complaining about everything that's going on around. Why me? Why me? And then you're not focusing on God. You've allowed these complaints and things to take precedence over focusing on him. David writes in Psalms and his prayers and his poems constantly. And, and David was troubled by a lot of things, but he always came back to his source. And what is his source? What is our source? Our source is the Lord God Almighty and his sovereignty. David writes, you have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God makes these things known. I see this around me so much that God is with me. He is with us, brothers and sisters. He promises and he fulfills. I see it constantly. We have to remember that, that the focus is on him. Despite the darkness and the things that I share, the truth, you have to take off your rose-tinted glasses and think that everything is just okay. It's not. But in the midst of this, we have to pray for those individuals that are not following the kings and princes and the elected officials. We still pray for them because that is what we are told to do. We have to separate the ideologies from the person. Many people have that, have that inability and they confuse the two. They confuse the ideologies with the person. That cannot be done, brothers and sisters. We pray for the person. We love the person because that's what God has told us to do. Love God, love people. Pray over them, pray for them. Even these elected officials and their egregious activities, their ideologies and not the person. We still pray for them. We pray over them. They can repent. They can change direction. It can be done. We have to be able to separate the ideologies from the person. 
it's that little thing I've shared with you about the two dogs. It's got nothing to do at all with race, but the enemy wants it to be about tonation and not the character of the heart. What that analogy was to the black dog and the white dog has nothing to do with racial separation. It has to do with the character of the heart and the two characters that beat within our chest. Which one do you nurture and feed the best? The dark dog of anger, separation, derision, animosity. It has to do with darkness and light. Nothing to do with racial. But the enemy wants it about that because that pushes derision and separation. The tonation of the skin was decided by God. The character of the heart is decided by us. Do we feed the good character of light and righteousness and love and the uprightness? Or do we feed and promote the anxiety, the anxiousness, the separation, the derision, and the hatred? Brothers and sisters, we have to focus on the goodness and the love of God. And David also writes in his Psalm 86, I will praise you, O my Lord God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. He fell. We fall. We trip. We're not perfect. God does not require perfection from us, brothers and sisters. And he knows. The word tells us about the perfect. Who is the perfect? That's Jesus Christ. And there is nothing perfect on this plane of existence until he who is perfect has come, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, we have to stay focused on that. We have to be of a like mind. Be like-minded. Jesus Christ told us to be that, the first commandment, to love thy Lord, thy God, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And the second is like unto the first, to love our neighbor as ourselves. We have to remember this. And who is our neighbor? Our neighbor is anyone that we encounter. It's not just the person that lives next door. It's not just the person who lives across the driveway. It is about whoever we encounter, brothers and sisters. They are our neighbor. And the desire is in prayer that they become a child of God not just the creation. They have an opportunity, the good news of the gospel that we are asked to share with people. That's what this platform is about, which God has allowed me to have. It is in, through his will that it's done. And I prayed over this. If it is your will, Father, and you think this is a good way for me to share the gospel, then you will allow it to happen. And I love the fact that it's called Anchor. Who or what is our anchor? Jesus Christ is our anchor. He is our anchor. We are anchored in the word and the truth because of Jesus Christ who came and sacrificed himself for us. And anyone out there, Jesus Christ came for me. He sacrificed himself for me. And there's nothing that we can do to repay that except to share the gospel and give everyone else the opportunity. He came for me and whosoever would hear the word and lean in and say, yes, I will accept that Jesus Christ came for me, died for me, 
and that I want to have faith in God and have the Holy Spirit to guide my walk. That's what this is about, brothers and sisters. This is not about me because I don't save anyone. That's not in me. I plant seeds. That's what I do. I'm God's farmer. I work for him. I do my father's business, and that business is to spread the seed of the gospel. As the minions that work for Satan, they spread the seeds of weeds. Those weeds can grow up and choke off the fruit of the Spirit. They can grow too tall so that you can't see with spiritual sight. You can't see beyond them. So you have to cut them down. You have to work at pulling them out and casting them into the fire and let them be burned away. Brothers and sisters, we plant the seed of truth, the gospel, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no matter how dark or how broken this world is, the truth remains that Jesus Christ came for us all. The opportunity to repent and change direction and accept that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, that God is with us always, and that he will be faithful, and you have faith in that. It's very simple, really. And yet there are many that find it difficult, and they will say that they can't because they don't have time. Oh, wait a second. Time isn't yours anyway. Tomorrow is not promised. You walk and breathe because God is allowing it. We have to remember that everything that we have, everything that we have is because of God. Do not as unto men, but as unto God. Everything we do in our work, our actions, that we reflect the light. Remember this, brothers and sisters, that, and I, again, I share with you, I have no idea why, the physics behind it, the formulation behind it, but refracted light or reflected light, bent light, is more intense than direct light. The direct light of God and Jesus Christ is intense in its own, but we don't have that, not yet. So we have to reflect the light and... Ah, oh, the Spirit just just revealed and answered my question. <laughs> That's amazing what God does and the Holy Spirit, he does this. I love it. So it's not about the physical science. It's about what God's intent is. God's intent is that our reflected light is bright and intense, knowing that we don't have the glorification of Jesus Christ yet, because we haven't been there, but it's told that when we are joined with him, that we will be glorified as his body has been. But we don't have that now. So we have to reflect the light, make it brighter so that people can see it in the darkness of this world, that the reflected light is bright, that we don't hide it under a bushel, that we be like the city on the mount that is bright and shining, that people can see it and they can say, Wow, that's pretty intense up there. I want to go see that beautiful city. The lights are amazing. That as we walk through this dark place that we live on this plane of existence right now, is that we share that light and we reflect that light. And we show it out brightly so that people are drawn to that. It's like the lighthouses. I've shared this with you before. The analogy of the lighthouse, it can be seen for miles at sea. And the sailors know that it's a safe haven. Let us be that reflected light, that lighthouse, 
that we shine and show people that there is a haven. There is a place that they can go to for safety and shelter and warmth and fed the bread of life, be refreshed by the living waters, and that is in and through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you've not taken the opportunity or made the opportunity, it's easy to do. You can do it on your own. Get someplace away from the distraction and the white noise and be with God and Jesus and just accept. It's quite easy to do. And and if you feel more comfortable, you can get somebody to do it with you. Yes, I want to believe that Jesus Christ came and sacrificed for me. I want to believe and have faith in you, God. I want the Holy Spirit to guide my steps. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen means so be it. Aman means praiseworthy. And you ask for that, so be it. And then afterwards, remember that God is praiseworthy in all things. It's not just a song service. There's some churches that call the singing and that as the worship service, but worship is praying to God, it's honoring God, it's acknowledging God, and you can praise God all day long. As Paul writes, pray without ceasing, that is possible to do. Offer up short prayers through the course of the day. The bullet prayers that I have shared with you that, you, that you send those out when you get in the midst of something that's going on that you don't understand or that you think is, is causing anxiousness or disruption, that you shoot out that bullet prayer. It's a quick, rapid prayer that you say, I need your help. Guide me through this. This is a difficult situation. Brothers and sisters, we can worship God all day long. We worship him in song. We worship him in prayer. We offer those up. Brothers and sisters, I pray for your guidance through the course of your day, your strength, and be encouraged. Be not afraid nor dismayed because God is with us. He is definitely with us. Wherever we go, whatever we're in, don't hunker down and don't run away from the shelter of the Lord. He is our strong tower. He is our strength. And some people will get caught up in this tumultuous situations that are going on and they run amok and they wind up running the wrong direction. God is on the other side of whatever is going on. But remember this too. He is with us in it. I love the song, The Rescue. There is no fight that is so intense that God won't be there with us. There is no darkness so deep that he will not come. And there is no distance so great that he will not come. He promises that, brothers and sisters. Be encouraged. Be of good courage. Stand upright. Be bold. Be courageous. Do not step down in cowardice and do not step aside in compromise simply because you have many of those that are of a false ideology that are coming against Rebuke that and stand fast, stand firm. And remember this too, you don't need to apologize for anything. If God says it is one way, it is that way. Stand on that, stand with that, be bold. Don't be apologetic for that. 
don't compromise simply because their ideologies are egregious. Be bold, be upright, be courageous, and don't be confrontational. Remember this, God doesn't need you to defend him. Take a look up at the night sky. Sometimes look at the mountains. God's might is so powerful. And remember that God is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. He is sovereign. Hold on to his promises. Hold on to the promises. Don't just stand on them, but hold on to them. And if needs be, remind him, say, God, I'm standing both on your promises of your word and look, I'm holding on to them because you said it's there. And I believe you. Give me strength. That's being bold. It's also being humble. And he will respond. Being bold and humble. Don't be overly bodacious and arrogant and don't come in and tell God anything. You come in and just, I'm doing what you're telling me to do, God, and your promises tell me this. He does not mind if you do that. If you do it with humbleness and adoration and righteousness, he will respond. He will respond. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Be encouraged. You are in my prayers on my going out and my coming in through the course of the day. Be blessed. Have a great day.